it's a real pleasure and honor and joy to be here with all of you here all of you today on zoom on facebook so saint paul biki who is this guy <laughs> well first and foremost uh i am his namesake <laughs> he's we are both pauls this paul biki and paul gileros over here and he is a japanese martyr and if you look closely at his um at his uh head over there right his forehead over there let me just push back to this okay if you look closely to let me just make it bigger one minute okay 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 if you look closely to this right on his head there is some words in japanese which is basically uh jesus christ in japanese and i searched up how to pronounce jesus christ in japanese just a fun fact for all of you so there's one more way in which you can proclaim the name of jesus just as you proclaim the name of jesus at the start there's power in the name of jesus to break every chain so it's yesu kirisuto <laughs> for some reason amanda was inspired to put the inscription of the name of jesus in japanese on this japanese matter and fitting indeed and it's pronounced as yesu kirisuto how amazing indeed to be able to call the name of Jesus in another language <laughs> and the name of Jesus this is a wonderful and beautiful name indeed so brothers and sisters in Christ the team that we are um, looking at for the first quarter of this year as uh, set by Ian and the move team is basically to know Jesus so as we take a look at the life of this beautiful saint saint paul mickey let's keep at the back of our heads how can he help you and i to know Jesus much better to know Jesus more profoundly and much more deep in a more deep manner you know it's very hot here let me just drink some water <laughs> so St. Paul Mickey as I mentioned earlier a Japanese martyr and he is the patron saint of Japan so a little background before the time of uh, St. Paul Mickey and his 25 companions so 26 of these martyrs were put to death for their faith in 1597 but we go back about 57 years earlier in 1540 um, saint francis xavier brought the faith to japan and saint francis xavier brought the faith to japan so effectively that within 40 years right within 1540 to 1580 there were already 200,000 catholics imagine what one year saint francis xavier meant that for 200,000 Catholics were born again <laughs> from the citizens of Japan in those 40 years. 40 people converted to the Catholic faith. And I'll say Francis Xavier is a topic for another day. He's another saint of another level. <laughs> but today we take a look at Saint Paul Biki. So fast forward to 40 years later where there are already 200,000 Catholics. So at first there was no uh, opposition to the Catholic faith because the government, the emperor, felt that there was no threat from the Catholic faith and the Catholic people. But once they grew in number, once there was about 200,000 of them, they started to be afraid and they started to post uh, strict regulations on those practicing the Christian Catholic faith. So as a result, within, between, 20, uh, between 1580 to 1597, the persecution against Catholics and Christians increased tremendously. And by 1597, this 1596 or 1597, uh, the rough estimation, there was St. Paul Mickey, who was a Jesuit seminarian at that point of time. And St. Paul Mickey was accompanied by a few other Jesuit seminarians and a host of other people who, who were so on fire for the faith. In total, there was 26 of them. And the emperor was so threatened by them that he ultimately wanted to put them to death. 
So I'm getting slightly ahead of myself right here. <laughs> so excited, so excited to speak on St. Paul Mickey. But what is St. Paul Mickey known for? When I was looking at the life of the saint or various uh, resources that I could find, various reliable resources, I saw that he had this passion to preach. He had this deep and profound passion to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had found his calling and his mission to preach explicitly the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the, the truth of the gospel just reigned so victoriously in his life that he could effectively preach the gospel even to the Buddhists in the country. And St. Paul Wiki is not someone who watered down the gospel as we see in various places today, not someone who sugarcoated the gospel, but he spoke the truth of the gospel as it is. He called sin, sin. And he called people to repentance. He called people to tap into the love of Jesus Christ, to attain the salvation in and through Jesus Christ, found only by the power of Jesus, that act of Jesus on the cross. And St. Paul Mickey did all of this within those 11 years and even the years prior to him being in the seminary. You know, he never got to be ordained as a priest because he was martyred right before his ordination. He had completed his seminary studies for 11 years in the Jesuit seminary, but he could not get ordained. But that's okay for him because he got to do what he was called to do, that is to preach the gospel explicitly to the people that he came across in his life up to the point of martyrdom. And I, you can see the third point over here. He preached to his very last breath. He literally preached to his very last breath. So I'd like to share with you all a little of the uh, story of how he took that road to martyrdom. So first, St. Paul, Mickey, and 25 other companions, they had to march to Nagasaki, a um, different region from where they previously were, initially were. And the journey was 600 miles. So I googled to check um, what is the distance of 600 miles in kilometers. And it was 900 plus kilometers. Oh my goodness. And when I put 900 miles, kilomet 900 kilometers into the Malaysian context, do you know how far that is? That is further than Perlis to Singapore. They had to march for a distance that was further from Perlis to Singapore. And the weather was not conducive at all. It was freezing cold for them at that point of time. But nonetheless, this matters to be the 26 of them who came from all age groups, from all different backgrounds. There were priests, there were lay people, there were seminarians. They came from different trades, different backgrounds, all, all age groups. Some of them were even as young as 10 years old. You know, I wish I could speak on all 26 of them, but I only have time for one today. And there's only much information about St. Paul Biki. Anyways, the 26 of them marched to Nagasaki. And in the process, they were not marching with their heads down, not with sorrow, not with regret, not with their minds thinking twice, did we make the right decision to say yes to Jesus? Should we just have denied our faith so that the emperor won't command us to go to Nagasaki? That was not on their mind. What was on their mind was glory to God. They were singing praises the whole journey for that one month from wherever they were to Nagasaki, 600 miles. Not only were they praising God, but the people they came across in that whole journey they preached the gospel of Jesus Christ explicitly and they were led by St. Paul Wiki. You know, they preached explicitly to the people they came across and not only the people who were there to support them, but the people who were there to mock them. At certain points and pit stops, they would take rest and there would be masses of people who come together just to mock these 26 people. 
And St. Paul, he stood his ground, stood in front of all of them, and he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to them with boldness, with enthusiasm. He knew for a matter of fact that in this moment, maybe they are not listening to me. Maybe they are resisting. They are throwing all sorts of uh, bad words at me, persecution, persecuting me in different ways right now. They may be spitting at me, but it does not matter. My job is to just plant the seed in their hearts, the word of God in their hearts, and I leave it to the Holy Spirit to convert them eventually. Brothers and sisters in Christ, he really preached till his last breath. You know, when they ultimately reached Nagasaki, this is what happened. They were put on a cross. Each of them were put on a cross. So there were 26 crosses laid out. They were all put on the cross. And in on the cross itself, their heads were put fitted into a ring. Even there and then, St. Paul Biki could preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone. And would you like to know what he said in that moment in that time? We will get to that in a bit. But before we go to that, I would like to highlight something here, something so profound. St. Paul Mickey was so convinced of the gospel of Jesus Christ, so convinced that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that we can only attain salvation through Jesus Christ, that he preached explicitly. He even studied the Buddhist faith so that he could debate with the Buddhist priests and monks. He wanted to win as many souls as possible as he could for Jesus. Friends, my question right now is probably this. Are you convinced and are you willing to do what St. Paul Mickey did to proclaim that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? To not succumb to a sense of, I think it's called universalism, universalism or basically relativism, which says that all religions are like a river, are like rivers that lead to the same sea. You know, I had catechism teachers in the past who told me that religions, right, different religions are all different rivers leading to the same sea. It doesn't matter which religion you're part of. As long as you're worshipping some sort of God out there, we're just doing it in different ways. That is not what the Catholic faith teaches. That is not what the saints did. That is not what the saints died for. You know, if that was the case, then the, the death of Jesus on the cross was in vain. The death of all the martyrs, St. Paul Mickey, the 26 martyrs, and the other martyrs before them and after them was in vain. These people died for the faith because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The fullness of faith, the fullness of truth is found only in the Catholic Church. Are we convinced that this is the means of salvation? Catholicism, Christianity, the power of Jesus on that cross, his redemptive act on the cross is the only means of our salvation. I'm throwing this question to myself as well, as much as I'm asking you all, are we convinced and willing? Because if we are convinced and willing, we should be ready <laughs> to lay our lives down like St. Paul Mickey. Because preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the message of repentance to others who are willing, who are living worldly lives is going to come at a cost. They may not put us down to death physically. They may not put us to death physically but they may reject us, ridicule us, and persecute us in different ways. So, brothers and sisters, guys, are we convinced and willing to say, for example, I'm throwing this challenge to you and myself as well, to leave home to preach the gospel, to potentially break a relationship with your old set of friends to preach the truth of the gospel because they feel that your lifestyle of holiness does not match theirs. Are we willing to do the extraordinary are we willing to rise up in heroic virtue like St. Paul, Mickey, and the like? It's saying yes to Jesus in preaching explicitly, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life.
you know, St. Paul Mickey, when he was on the cross, he said this, and you can see the quote there. When he was on the cross, he preached this, okay? I declare to you that there is no other way of salvation than the one followed by Christians. He was convinced there was no other way of salvation than the one followed by Christians. And since this way teaches me to forgive my enemies and all who have offended me, I willingly forgive the king and all those who have desired my death. He followed the footsteps of Christ on the cross. When Jesus said unto the Father, Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Saint Stephen, the first martyr, the proto-martyr, said the same thing. Lord, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And here St. Paul Mickey in the 16th century is echoing the same words. Lord, forgive them. Forgive them indeed. And the last sentence you can see in the slide here. And I pray that they will obtain the desire of Christian baptism. And I pray that they will obtain the desire of Christian baptism. We will come to the part of forgiving your enemies, forgiving your persecutors later. But St. Paul Mickey was convinced that Jesus is the way of salvation, the means of salvation. The way followed by Christians is the way that leads to salvation. And he prayed on that cross, openly in public, I pray that all of you who are persecuting me, the emperor and so forth, the executioner will desire Christian baptism, desire to be baptized to do the faith. Brothers and sisters in Christ, are we willing to die to ourselves? Are we willing to die to whatever the Lord is calling us to die to so that other people can say yes to Jesus? Are we willing to be a martyr for the faith so that other people can say yes to Jesus? And that includes the people that we like the least, as much as the people that we love the most. You know, that includes our closest family members, our friends, and that also includes those who are going to persecute us all out, just like the executioner, the emperor. Are we willing to lay our life down so that we, through our preaching and our action of laying our life down, speak to them the truth of Jesus Christ and sow in their heart the seed of the word of God so that the Holy Spirit can grant conversion in them? This is a Christian that St. Paul Mickey by his life throws to all of us. Are we convinced and willing? If we are convinced and willing, brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, information is at our fingertips. We can study scripture, we can study the catechism, we can study apologetics. Everything we need, not to only defend the faith, but to share the faith effectively with others, is at our fingertips. We only need to search. There are many reliable Catholic websites out there so that we can debate with others from different faiths, others from different denominations. We can re-evangelize to our old Catholics. Just as St. Paul Mickey debated with the Buddhists, respectfully debated with them and won some of them over to the Catholic faith. Are we willing to take that effort, to make that effort, to know our faith well enough so that we can preach effectively? And of course, the Lord says, let all that you do be done in love. Preach with love. And that love will draw people not to ourselves, but to Jesus. To Jesus. Now, right after St. Paul Mickey said that on the cross, he said this very interestingly, Like my master, I shall die upon the cross. Again, like him, a lance will pierce my heart so that my blood and my love can flow out upon the land and sanctify it to his name. You know, this reminds me of a quote, The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. But let's take a step back once again. 
Seppo Biki is saying, just like Jesus, he is dying on the cross, and his 25 companions as well. Just like Jesus, a lance will pierce his heart and his 25 companions as well, so that his blood and his love can flow out upon the land. Brothers sisters in Christ, when we lay our life down, the blood of the martyrs is the seed for the domestic church indeed. You know, that is what St. Paul Biki did. And the effects of St. Paul Biki and his companions, yes to Jesus, are lasting. It's seen to Japan up till this day. And it's, it's so beautiful that St. Paul Biki is drawing this comparison to Jesus. And the early church fathers say that Jesus act on the cross was indeed prefigured by, was indeed uh, foreshadowed as well in the Old Testament. You know, Jesus, from the side of Jesus, when he was pierced with the lance by the Roman soldier, gushed forth blood and water. From the side of Jesus, gushed forth blood and water. And from that blood and water, the church was born. The bride of Christ was born. In the Old Testament and creation, from the side of Adam, Jesus took, God took the rib and formed the woman. From the side of Adam came Eve, his bride. From the side of Christ came the church, his bride. From the side of St. Paul Mickey, the blood and water which gushed for, the blood which gushed for from St. Paul Mickey came the bride of St. Paul Mickey, the domestic church in Japan. The domestic church in Japan. How amazing and how beautiful this illustration. It was not for fun that St. Paul Mickey drew this. The blood of martyrs is truly the seed of the church. And here is an account of eyewitnesses who were watching on as this was happening. And they said this interestingly. As they awaited that, the entire group sang the canticle of Zachary, which can be found in Luke chapter 1, verses Luke chapter 1 over there. And the executioners stood by respectfully until they had intoned the last verse. So they sang the canticle of Zachary. And once they were done, the executioners pierced their hearts with the lance. And all 26 of them shortly died thereafter. The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Brothers and sisters in Christ, St. Paul Mickey and his 25 companions were willing to preach the gospel. They were so passionate about preaching the gospel that they preached it on the road to Nagasaki. They were so compassionate about preaching the gospel that they preached it on that cross until their last breath. Their last breath. My back, my pardon. <laughs> uh, so sorry for the mispronunciation. They preached the gospel till their last breath on that cross. And not only that, they even forgave their persecutors. They forgave their persecutors. And we're going to talk about forgiveness in a bit. You know, it's something so beautiful that those on who died for their faith, forgave their persecutors. They were not bitter towards their persecutors. They did not wish harm upon their persecutors. But even St. Paul Mickey wished that these persecutors would say yes to Jesus and get baptized into the faith. It's so exciting to speak about these saints. Such a joy indeed. And this brings me to the question. And for those of you who are in Zoom, I would like to ask you all, do you want to be a hero? Do you want to be a hero? You know, you can drop a, uh, your yes or no, or maybe, or I don't know, in the chat box. Do you want to be a hero? You know, I think all of us have it in us, the desire to be heroes, to rise up to great levels, to rise up to greatness. 
you know, I recall when I was younger, I was very close to my grandmother, my late grandmother who passed away in 2011. I was super close to her when I was in primary school. And I did all I could to protect her. You know, there was this point of time where I remember um, somebody used, a stranger used to come over to, the, to my grandma's house to ask her for money, to beg her for money. And she would make a scene out there if my grandma didn't give her the money. And so my family members and I were concerned about my grandmother's safety. So immediately the next day, when I came back from school, I had lunch in my house. I took a stick and I watched and I walked over to my grandmother's house, which is just two rows behind my house. And I went in the house and for the next five hours, I was marching up and down with a stick like a soldier because I wanted to protect my grandmother. And I was hoping this person will appear so that I can pick a fight with this person. I wanted to be a hero for my grandmother. I wanted to save my grandmother. Well, fortunately for the other person, the stranger, he did not turn up. So he did not get a beating from me. But the point I'm saying is this. I remember from a young age, I always wanted to be a hero. I wanted to be a superhero. I wanted to save people. I wanted to help people. I wanted to protect people. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we all have that desire in us to be heroes, to rise up with heroic virtue. And all of us uh, have the desire built in us, just like the saints. They wanted to rise up to greatness. They wanted to be heroes. All, of course, the ultimate hero, the savior of the world is Jesus Christ. But Jesus in his generosity, asks all of us to share in this great commission to win souls for him you know to win souls over for him here being a hero in the catholic faith in the catholic context is basically winning souls for jesus so the question is do we want to be heroes i believe all of us want to be heroes but do we want to be heroes in the catholic context and we win souls over for jesus win souls over from different faiths different denominations and even win souls from within the Catholic Church, those souls who have fallen away, the fallen away Catholics, excuse me, are we willing to be heroes, to rise up with heroic virtue, just like St. Paul Biki? You know, um, and heroes and martyrs of the faith, saints that were martyrs in the faith, they were basically willing to die for their faith because they lived their life to the fullest for the faith. You know, it goes hand in hand. If you're willing to die for something, you're also willing to live your whole life for it, to, you know, um, dedicate your whole life to that great idea. And St. Paul Mickey was ready to give his whole life to Jesus as a preacher in the Jesuit order. At the same time, he was ready to die for Jesus if that was what Jesus required of him. And this brings me to this beautiful quote by Martin Luther King Jr. You know, he said this, if you haven't found something worth dying for, you haven't found something worth living for. If you haven't found something worth dying for, you haven't found something worth living for. St. Paul Biki, the martyrs, the saints, they found something worth dying for. They found Jesus, the Catholic faith, and they said, this is worth dying for. Whether or not the saints were called to martyrdom, they were ready to die for the faith. And because they were ready to die for it, they were ready to dedicate their whole lives to it. If however long the Lord ordained for them to live on the face of this earth. So have we found that <laughs> readiness to die for Jesus, for the faith? And this comes in different ways. We'll dive into this in a bit. And one of the ways we can die for Jesus is to die to our ego, to die to our pride. And as I was preparing for this session, and reflecting on the life of St. Paul Mickey, I feel the Lord is asking us to die to one thing in particular, 
and that is unforgiveness. You know, um, a lot of us struggle with unforgiveness. Catholics, Christians struggle with unforgiveness. But St. Paul Mickey on that cross forgave his persecutors. And this brings me to this question. So all of you who are on Zoom right now, I'd like to ask you all this and just drop in the chat box right now. Why forgive? Why do we have to forgive others? So you take about half a minute or one minute <laughs> to take a look at some of your responses. Why forgive? What, what's the point of forgiving? Yes, we, we know the textbook answers. To you personally, why should we forgive? Forgiveness heals us, frees us. Awesome. Thank you, Stephen. To have peace in the heart. for peace, mental clarity, and mental health. Amen. All this, God calls us to love. We can't say we love if we don't forgive. Awesome. Okay, this is great. I love these responses. So basically, what we are saying is we forgive so that we can be free, so that we can have that peace of mind, peace of heart, the clarity, so that Oh, excuse me, having a lot of acid reflux today for some reason. <laughs> so that the Lord can heal us and free us. You know, forgiveness does not justify the act of the person who wronged us. Forgiveness does not do that. But much more than um, taking on that forgiveness for ourselves, Christ asks all of us to forgive so that we can set a great example. You know, the testimony of the martyrs are far greater because they forgave their persecutors. The testimony of St. John Paul II is so great because he forgave the person who shot him. By our forgiveness, the people who wronged us will be moved to ask, why on earth did he forgive me for this? Is he crazy? And when they ask again and again and when they reflect on it, they will see that we can forgive them because we first received forgiveness from Jesus. You know, we cannot give what we don't have. We can forgive others because we have received forgiveness from Jesus. You know, as we say in the Our Father prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, the prerequisite of us forgiving others is that we first receive forgiveness from a father who loves us when we have wronged him. You know, when we look at it in this order, there's not much of a burden. My father in heaven has forgiven me for all the crap that I have done in my life. Now it's, and because of that forgiveness, there is freedom in my life. And now I want to forgive those who have wronged me in turn so that they can experience freedom in their lives, so that they can come to Jesus Christ. Brothers, sisters in Christ, thank you for your responses. And Jonathan, you said God calls us to love. We can't say we love if we don't forgive. That is so true. St. Paul Mickey loved even his persecutors. That is why he forgave them. Okay, dokie. Let me get back to my slides. And next. Okay. So a Bible verse that points us to forgiveness and it's Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 to 22. So if you have your Bible, you can pull it out. If not, it's right there for you. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? 
as many as seven times Jesus said to him not seven times but I tell you 77 times as some versions say 70 times seven times and for those of you who like maths that's 490 <laughs> but that is not what God meant what Jesus meant to us forgive them however many times you know um, the Lord is far more patient and forgiving towards us than we are patient and forgiving towards others but the Lord asks all of us to be like him, to be more like Jesus Christ. So Jesus forgives us anytime we come to him with repentant hearts. Therefore, we should forgive those that come to us with repentant hearts. And even if they don't come to us with repentant hearts, we still choose to forgive them because, as all of you said earlier, we want to have that mental clarity, that peace of mind and heart, and that ability to move on. I love this analogy in this context. You know, unforgiveness is like you taking a bottle of poison and drinking the poison and in the intervals of drinking the poison you are shouting at the person who, who hurt you you are going to die you are going to die you're going to die and then you drink the poison and you shout at the other person you're going to die you are so angry at the other person but the one who is dying from that anger that unforgiveness that resentment is you is me who is holding on to that unforgiveness unforgiveness is a journey brothers and sisters in christ if any of you have gone through traumas, uh, traumatic experiences in the past, it's going to be a journey indeed. But the Lord grants us the grace, the supernatural grace to forgive. So let us not sit on that unforgiveness for too long. Uh, I used to say in this one context, in this one case where I needed to forgive someone for something terrible, I used to say, God wouldn't understand. God, you don't understand. This was just horrible. Who would do this? You know, but God understands in the moment when that act happened, where you were wronged, God was there and God was crying with you and pleading with you. And now God is pleading with you to let go of that unforgiveness so that you can move on. And let's take a look at one of my favorite saints, St. Thomas Aquinas, who helps us understand why we should forgive. And in fact, uh, through your responses, you all have already answered this. You have already pointed us to what St. Thomas Aquinas is going to say. But nonetheless, let us take a look. It is above all the forgiveness of sins that manifests God's mercy. The forgiveness of our sins is an act of God's omnipotence. God's love showing itself to be more powerful than sin and evil. And this is the interesting part that I would like all of us to highlight. When human beings forgive one another, we control our anger, number one curb our resentment and annul any claims of revenge we control our anger curb our resentment and annul any claims of revenge but we cannot remit the fault itself so forgiving does not condone the sin or the wrongdoing that you were a victim of god alone can change that uh, will of the malefactor and turn his heart towards repentance the ball is in god's court and the person's court you just need to forgive so that you can control your anger, curb your resentment, and annul any feelings or desire for revenge. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, to effectively preach the gospel of Jesus Christ is to extend the love and mercy of Jesus. That is what St. Paul Mickey did on the cross. He not only preached with words, but he preached with his actions of forgiveness, forgiving his persecutors. And through that, the love and mercy penetrated the hearts of the people that were so hardened previously in the same way when we forgive others not only do we free ourselves but we potentially evangelize to the people that we forgive 
It is to that end that we forgive others. So brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, it's true we need to forgive others. And there's one more thing that St. Paul Mickey spoke about a lot, and that was the call to repentance. Uh, I have more slides on this, but I'm only going to speak on one because we're running out of time. <laughs> okay, so the call to repentance. St. Paul Mickey preached about repenting and turning to Jesus. You know, a lot of times we we take parts of the gospel and the Bible that we like and we kind of like feed our conscience and tell ourselves we're doing well, pat ourselves on the back. But when we look more and more to the scriptures, to the standard that Jesus is setting for our lives, we see areas in our lives that we are falling. When we spend more time in adoration, when we sit before our Lord and spend time with Him face to face, we start to see areas in our lives that are distorting our view of Jesus, our relationship with Jesus. And Jesus calls us to repentance. St. Paul, Mickey, all effective and true evangelizers of the gospel call us to repentance. And we are just two weeks away from Ash Wednesday. You know, that's the reason we're having the session two weeks earlier because Ash Wednesday falls on the third Wednesday. But let us take this call of St. Paul, Mickey, throughout the season of Lent to, lay, to really repent from our sinful ways. You know, what is repentance? What is repentance to you? Let's just take a few seconds as well to answer this question. What is repentance to you? Um, is it an abstract idea? Or is it something attainable or unattainable? Uh, is it something I do for the sake of doing, just running through the motions? What is repentance to you? I'm just... We can just drop the your opinions in the chat box. Metanoia, transforming of the mind, repentance and the full being. Okay. Anyone else? Okay. So repentance. I wish I had more time to go through this, but I can just give you all the steps very quickly. Uh, there's five. Um, for me, it's like a renewal. Uh, that's similar to what um, Ian just said, just said. So metanoia, renewal. That's awesome. Uh, Ralph Martin says something interesting. Ralph Martin is um, one of the leading uh, Catholic figures in the United States. Theologically solid, and that's why I love him. <laughs> he says that, uh, repentance precedes revival or uh, renewal. You know, before we have any renewal, we first have to repent. Before we can ask for revival or renewal in our lives, in our land, we have to repent in, as individuals and as communities. So I'd like to share with you all what Ralph Martin shares of the five um, markers for repentance. So first is we receive forgiveness. And I'm just going to go through this quickly. So receive forgiveness. And I point you all to the scriptures. John chapter 20, verses 19 to 23, Colossians 3, 13. First, we receive the forgiveness. Like I said earlier, we cannot give what we don't have. Um, we cannot repent unless we first receive that forgiveness. With repentant hearts, we receive the forgiveness from God. We need to have a real sense of sorrow for sin. How many times have we found ourselves... Uh, actually sorrowful for the sins that we committed against the Lord when we went for confession. I mean, it doesn't have to be an emotional outbreak where we cry and cry and cry. But 
was our hearts bleeding or our hearts crying? Were we crying in our hearts when we expressed this sin? When we confessed this sin? Was there really sorrow in our hearts that we broke the trust in our hearts towards God, our Creator? That we broke the relationship with Jesus, the lover of our soul? Was there really sorrow in our hearts? You know, when we break relationships or when we break the hearts and intent, um, feelings of others that we love, there is sorrow in our hearts when we ask for forgiveness. Is there that same sorrow, in fact, more sorrow in our hearts when we turn to Jesus in the sacrament of confession, reconciliation, when we ask for forgiveness? Next, we bear the fruits of repentance. Fourthly, repair the damage and a firm purpose of amendment. I would like to zero in on repair the damage. You know, we need to make reparation for the sin that we have committed. So if we have spoken a lie, be it a white lie or whatever lie, we need to speak the truth to the people that we lie to. Um, Scott Hunt said that, um, Scott Hunt, I think all of you know Scott Hunt. He's a evangelist in the United States. He wrote the famous books, The Lamb Supper, The Fort Cup, Consuming the Word, and he has tons of books that he has written. But Scott Hunt did not always have um, a positive story in his life. When he was younger, he actually stole a lot of things. He committed crimes, and when he converted to the, uh, when he converted with authenticity, and when he received Jesus as his Lord and Savior, he had to make reparation for the sins, and all the things that he stole, he went and made those reparation by either replacing them, giving them back to the rightful owners, or giving them the money instead to make up for that loss we have to make reparation for the damage that we have done with our sins uh, i mean not have to it is good that we choose to make reparation so that we can really uh, come to jesus with repentant hearts for whatever sins we have committed and last but not least taking a bit extra time so saint paul mickey invites you and me brothers and sisters in christ to preach and to practice forgiveness and repentance. When we preach about God's forgiveness, we have to practice it by tapping into his forgiveness and we also have to practice it by extending his forgiveness towards those who wrong us. When we preach about the call to repentance, we ask others to call to repent. We ask others to come to Jesus with a repentant heart, to be sorry for their sins. We ourselves have to walk the talk. We ourselves have to see areas in our lives that we are falling short of the glory of God. For all have fallen short of the glory of God. St. Paul Miki is inviting all of us to preach and to practice forgiveness and repentance in our lives. And I took this um, paragraph from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 852. It's basically the missionary part. Um, the fact that the Holy Spirit is the principal agent of the whole of the church's mission. It is he who leads the church on her mission. That means the Holy Spirit is the one who leads us on our mission to preach and practice forgiveness and repentance. So let's remind ourselves that the Holy Spirit leads us in this preaching and practice. And I'll go to the very last line in this paragraph of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So it is that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. This is what we've been looking at. The blood of St. Paul Mickey and his 25 companions is the seed for the church in Japan. The blood of the martyrs throughout the world is the seed for the universal church. By laying down their lives, Catholicism and Christianity could bloom in these regions. Brothers and sisters in Christ, God is calling us to die to ourselves, to repent and to forgive. You know, He is asking us to become the 
instruments for revival and renewal in our land. But first, we have to repent from our sinful ways. So whatever God is calling us to repent from. You know, last week, we, last week um, the last session, we took a look at the life of, we took a look at the life of St. Agnes of Rome. And St. Agnes, Agnes of Rome basically said, uh, showed us that we have to live lives of purity, chastity, modesty. And my invitation today is for us to repent, especially from the sins of unforgiveness, as St. Paul Mickey showed us to do today, and also from the sins of impurity, any sexual impurity. You know, Fulton Sheen said that Satan only tempts those who are impure. Sorry, sorry, Satan only tempts those who are pure because the rest are already his. Satan only tempts those who are pure because the rest are already his. Impurity is definitely a sin that all of us struggle with. Unforgiveness is a sin that all of us struggle with to an extent. Pride could be a sin we are struggling with. So what is that area of life, that dark area of darkness in your life that God is shining his light upon right now? Let us repent from that. Let us repent from that with all our hearts. And lastly, I would like to share with you all uh, the challenge for this, this session, uh, the action plan, your kind of homework <laughs> that you all can do when you all go back. I mean, you all are already back home. This is a virtual event, but yeah, <laughs> something for you all to practice and for me to practice as well. The four R's. So number one, rise up to the occasion. St. Paul Mickey rose up to the occasion. When he had to preach to Buddhists, he preached to the Buddhists. When he had to preach to the emperor, he preached to the emperor. When he had to preach on the road to Nagasaki, he preached on the road to Nagasaki. When he preached on the crucifix, he did it. He rose up to the occasion and he did it. And that is what it takes to be a hero. So if your answer to the earliest question was, yes, I want to be a hero, let us rise up to the occasion. Let us really preach the gospel of Jesus Christ by our entire lives through tangible ways, through conversations with our friends, with our family, even conversation with strangers. Let us rise up to the occasion when the occasion presents itself. Not only when the occasion presents itself, let us be intentional about looking for opportunities to rise up to the occasion. Secondly, repent daily. You know, we fool ourselves if we say we have not fallen short of the glory of God. Therefore, we need to repent daily from our sins of whatever sins we have committed be it pride unforgiveness jealousy impurity let us choose that part of repentance out of love for our lord and savior jesus christ number three this is something that might be a little challenging but that's why it's called a challenge reconcile with someone this week reconcile with somebody this week you know um, there was this point of time quick testimony there's this point of time where I had fallen out of favor with a friend, a former ministry member, and the Lord asked me to reconcile with this person. And after I reconciled with this person, there was so much of joy, peace, and love in my life. I started to see doors open in my life, in my ministry's life. Reconciliation is a wonderful thing. And I ask that all of you just take this opportunity in these coming weeks between now until our next session in the third week, third week of March, third week of March, to just reconcile with somebody you have fallen out of favor with. You know, it might not even be something that you thought about that you're not talking to each other anymore, but it could be something like, I just slowly stopped talking to the person. We just slowly had our differences and we swept the differences under the carpet and we stopped talking to each other. Intentionally reconcile with these people. 
you know, reconciliation is something that draws from the sacrament of reconciliation. And fourthly, run to the sacraments, as I mentioned earlier, the sacraments. So run to the Mass. If you're already watching Mass once a week, so I'm assuming most of you are watching right now, you're like under MCO or lockdown. So if you're already watching Mass once a week, add one more Mass to your week to watch. And make a firm resolution in your heart to go for confession as soon as you can. If you can make a booking, go for confession. And the third thing in this context for the fourth step, fourth challenge is run to adoration. So run to mass, run to confession, run to adoration. There are various channels online that offer perpetual adoration 24-7. So run to online adoration. In adoration, God transforms us from the inside out. God grants us metanoia, the process of metanoia and renewal. And God grants us the grace to repent from our sinful ways. I would like to promote this event, which is being run by the Streets Ministry, a ministry I belong to. So as you all know, this is a collaboration between this uh, Life of Saints event. It's a collaboration between Move Youth and Seeds Ministry. So the Seeds Ministry is organizing this uh, Lent program, program for Lent. That will last throughout the season of Lent. It's called a New Exodus. And I would encourage all of you, if you're between the age of 30 to 35, to sign up for this event. You can simply scan the QR code to sign up for this event. It starts on the 14th of February, just the Sunday before Ash Wednesday. We'll have an introduction and launching for this event. And we give you all a full explanation on what is, what are the dates of the event, the times, etc. on this day. And you can register using the QR code over there. I highly encourage all of you to join this event. It's going to be a good journey. It's always good to uh, journey throughout this rich liturgical seasons like Lent and Advent with communities. So if you don't already have a community, I ask that you join us, the seats for this new Exodus. Or if you have a community and you would like a new experience with the rest of your community, I encourage all of you to join this new Exodus. Um, it's going to be an exciting journey as we walk out of Egypt, the spiritual Egypt that is in our lives, that we live in our lives right now. And we walk into the wilderness and ultimately into the promised land. So I'll leave the QR code there for the time being. Okay, so here's another QR code. <laughs> so as you all know, uh, I mentioned earlier at the start of this session itself, this beautiful illustration over here of um, St. Paul Mickey is done by Amanda Lee from City on a Hill Co. City on a Hill Designs. And she has an online shop that sells all sorts of stickers of saints, all sorts of Catholic merchandise. Uh, T-shirts, mugs, you name it, any Catholic merchandise you want, go to their website, check it out, and you can buy it. So it's good to support local businesses. And also this uh, merchandise that you buy and acquire, it is tools for evangelization. So when you wear a Catholic T-shirt outside, it is a tool and opening for evangelization. When you put on a sticker of a Catholic saint on your on your equipment, on your bottle, etc., it is a tool and opening for evangelization. So I encourage all of you to go to her website by scanning the QR code. And when you're buying something, uh, you can use in the checkout part that over there, you can insert this coupon code, which is NWTS5. It stands for Midweek the Saints, NWTS5. Use this coupon code and you will get a 5% discount. 
So we Asians, we love discount. So please use the discount code. Please go to her website and buy some of her Catholic merchandise, which she is selling for relatively low prices. So let us use this as tools for evangelization to reach out to others. In the name Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. So Heavenly Father, we just praise you and thank you, Lord, for guiding each one of us here together, Lord. For drawing each one of us to your son Jesus today. You draw each one of us, you call each one of us by name, Lord. There are no accidents in your kingdom, Lord, but only divine appointments, Lord. There was a specific purpose you brought each one of us here today, Lord. And a specific word and message you had for each and everyone here today, Lord. Lord, we pray, Lord God, that this word that you planted in our minds, in our hearts, Lord God, will indeed fall on fertile soil, Lord. That it will bear fruit, Lord God. That it will multiply, Lord God. That we, we may translate all of this that we have received today, Lord, in our lives, Lord Jesus Christ. Say, Paul Miki, pray and intercede for us to rise up with heroic virtue just as you did. Help us to make radical decisions in the kingdom of God. Help us to come up with creative ideas in preaching the good news of Jesus Christ to those that we come across in our lives, to those within our circle of influence, our families, our friends, even strangers that we come across. St. Paul Miki, pray and intercede for us to have this grace. And, and let us not be too concerned with what people will think about us. Because what matters even more than that is that we point them to Jesus, even if they don't appreciate it in the moment, St. Paul Miki. Help us to die to ourselves, Help us to die to our ego. Help us to die to our sinfulness so that we can be effective ministers. We can be effective missionary disciples. Be effective in bringing Jesus to others and bringing others to Jesus to the fullness of truth found in the Catholic faith. St. Paul Mickey, we do not want to settle for mediocrity. We do not want to settle for lukewarmness. We want to rise up with greatness just as you rose up with greatness in Jesus. Help us to see Jesus more and more for who He is so that we can know Jesus more profoundly. And in knowing Jesus more profoundly, said Paul Biki, pray and intercede for us to see ourselves as we are and to know ourselves much better. Said Paul Biki, help us on this journey to know Jesus more, to love Jesus more, to serve Jesus more with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our soul, with all our strength. And dearest Mother Mary, we consecrate each one of ourselves to you. We consecrate this community to you, the Move Youth community, the Seeds Ministry, all those who are on this Zoom call right now. Dearest Mother, we consecrate to your care. Cover and protect us with your mental, dearest Mother Mary, for the areas of our life that God is calling us to repentance. Help us to live it out. Help us to respond with repentance so that we can become instruments for revival and renewal in our land, in our parish in our ministries, in our institutes. Mother Mary, pray and intercede for each one of us. And dearest Mother, we claim that your blessed feet will crush the head of the evil one, any assignments of the evil one against us as we draw closer to Jesus, your Son. We pray that you will step on it, dearest Mother Mary, so that it will not hinder our growth in Jesus. All this we pray for the glory of God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Paul Mickey, pray for us. St. Agnes of Rome, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. 
in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.